You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. Hello and welcome to 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Schull, here on the Farbringen Show every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. DJ is right next to me. Um, DJ and I were just having a, a discussion about the new political climate in South Africa. And DJ, you'll forgive me, but I am ecstatic. I think it's a, a step in the positive direction. Obviously, I'm not one of those people that sees politicians as saviors. I don't think that any politician offers a solution. But nevertheless, it offers a confidence. It offers a voice to the democracy. It tells us that South Africa will sort itself out eventually. It tells us that we are not turning into just another um, dirt piece of uh, junk. Um, we're not going to be junk status financially, please God. We're definitely not going to be junk status in our mind. And optimism in the future is one of the greatest gifts a country could have. And in the words of the chief rabbi, this is ever since the release of Mandela from prison and the transformation to democracy, this is the biggest moment in South African history, modern South African history. It's a moment where we've gone out of a dark time of corruption and I'm not saying anyone's perfect, but we've made a very big statement that corruption's not okay. I think the free press played a huge role, and I think we're heading in a wonderful direction. I think it's a beautiful way to start the month of Adar, the month of joy. You might have seen the meme that went around that said that Zuma waited till the first night of the month of Adar because he wanted to give everybody a reason to be joyous. Um, and definitely the atmosphere around, the confidence, many people who are usually very negative and very dark in their worldview have softened and said, you know what, maybe we will come out of this. And South Africa is not destined to just be... Uh, backwater of society, but rather it can be, and already is, a beautiful rainbow nation and continue to grow that way. And it's easy to fetch, it's easy to moan when things are difficult, but to appreciate when things go in the right direction. And just think about this. In the past few years, almost every other country that had an election, they went towards populism, they went towards um, radical ideas. South Africa is one of the only countries that moved away from populism and is going to less corruption and less slogans and more efficiency, whether it was the elections in 2016 and now the elections in 2018. There's an incredible, uh, 2017, there's an incredible statement about South Africa that we are in a very positive space. And please, God, with the blessings of God, um, we will go forward and... One of the things that we have to have in our relationship with God is that when things are good, we should be as grateful as we're sad when things aren't. The ultimate level is to be grateful both when things work and when don't. But at least if we're not at that level and, we're, and we moan when things are difficult, let's be as happy when things do work out. And had anyone told you three years ago that South Africa would turn around and that Zuma eventually would be forced to step down, and that eventually the Guptas would not be controlling the country, and that they would become, um, what, what's the word? They're, they're running around. They're, um, it's incredible time. It's incredible. And a true believer knows how to see the hand of God and is able to say, thank you. 
So I want to start the show by saying to God, thank you. I think it's a beautiful time in South Africa. I think I've always believed in this country, but now in my, for me, the belief has been justified. We will grow stronger. And only 24 years of democracy, we've managed to, in many ways, gr- jump a lot of hurdles. And what could have taken 100 years to overcome, we've managed to overcome in 24 years. And please, God, we will go forward and upward and in, in all ways. And I want to start off with a song because it's perm and because I'm in a good mood. The first song I'm going to start off on this show is La Yehudim. DJ, do we have the song? La Yehudim Haisa'ar of Simchas Asimekar was joy and light. It's a story of perm that after the victory of perm, the Jews were full of light and full of joy and just in a great mood. And that's what I'm feeling, and I hope you're feeling the same. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. DJ, I don't claim to know all the answers, okay? Uh, I, I, I don't claim to be a full-on politician. I don't know all the issues. But the easiest thing is to be cynical about, about politics. It's too easy, okay? I grew up in New York, in America. America is a political nation. I spent time in Israel. Israel, they live, breathe politics. It's very easy to be cynical. Everyone's in for themselves and everyone has a job. Yeah. But the political sphere is also where often big differences can happen. And therefore, to sit there saying that, yeah, that person's bad, that person's bad, makes no difference to not realize that the political game does advance with people's involvement. And when the, when the country stood up and said, we don't want any more corruption, that was a statement in the right direction. And eventually, after many years, the, the party slowly realizing that they can't be corrupt. I don't think anyone's going to become angels. But politics is not about anybody being angels. It's about the correct pressure coming in from the society, that, encouraging that they want good governance. Politicians are like anybody else. They get influenced by the people around them, and they get away with whatever the country lets them get away with. And, DJ, I wasn't even planning on talking about this. How, how did you get me onto this topic? Okay, the truth is that I, I, I had a different topic in mind, which I want to address, and that is the courage to think big, the courage to make a huge difference, the courage to believe that we are put into this world for huge opportunity. Because this year we're talking about courage. And what's on my mind is the idea of courage, the courage to be able to be successful, the courage to make huge impact. But I want to finish the topic with you. You see, here's the issue. Why do often politics attract the people who we don't respect so much? Why does leadership positions in communities often not attract the highest caliber of people? I'll tell you why. Because any person with half a brain would not want to be, go through the beating and the harassment that goes on with when you become a politician, etc. So who's the ones that go into politics or into leadership? The people that don't care what people think, that they're so insolent that they don't care. So it's a catch-22 because if we continue being cynical about leadership will continue to get very cynical leaders. I'm not saying you, you have to worship the state. I'm not saying that a person has to have the perspective and say, oh, the leader is beyond reproach. 
we have to hold each other accountable. However, if there's zero respect, and, and if, for example, if your wife knows that if you're going to go into a leadership position, you're going to be smashed, the whole town's going to talk about you, your kids are going to be embarrassed to walk down the street, even if you do the right decision because some people think it's wrong, why would you go in? And I think one of the reasons why leadership positions and governments all around the world are attracting such a low caliber of people is because anyone who has a, considers themselves to be of average caliber or high caliber would say, what do I need this in my life for? But the problem is that these people have a lot of influence once they get into these positions of power. So we're cynical. The cynicism keeps good people away. We end up with corruption we stay cynical, and then we just get more corruption and more corruption. So I believe that part of the discussion has to be, and that's really the topic I want to address, is, is encouraging people to enter community life, to take on big tasks, and encourage the rest of people to not be so critical of them, to not be so cynical. I don't know how Mandela would do in this climate. I don't know how George Washington would do in this climate. I don't know how Abraham Lincoln would do in this climate. Do you really think Abraham Lincoln would be successful in the 21st century Twitters? Every time they, he makes a sad face, suddenly it becomes a meme, and everyone starts cracking jokes. Again, I'm not trying to say to worship leaders, heaven forbid, but there's a middle ground. And right now, there is so much cynicism about leadership that all the good people are staying away from positions of leadership, most of them. And we're getting the, the cadre of people that we have now, which is just so comforting. So, DJ, I fundamentally disagree with you. I think we have to vote. I think we have to be part of the discussion. And there's no quick fixes. But as long as the discussion continues and as long as people feel involved and as long as we don't see leadership as something for losers – but rather we see leadership as a responsibility and something to aspire to if a person has leadership potential. I think we could create good leaders. Everyone says, we're the leaders of the 90s and we're of the leaders of the 60s and we're the leaders of the 19th century. They exist, but they're hiding in their bedroom because they're so terrified to do anything. So what do you have? You have a Zuma who comes up and laughs at what everybody says, and that becomes the leader because that's, that's those are the people standing. If you know, if you've ever watched speeches that they have at graduations of universities, commencement speeches, and everyone always gets up and says, "You, my dear graduates, you are the future." You will go out to the world and make a difference. Have you heard those speeches? They're all over the internet. Yeah, of course, right? Now, we encourage young kids, dream big. You can make a big difference. We encourage people graduating, go out and make a big difference. But then they go out into the real world and we smash success. We get very cynical about success. How many rumors go around town about every person who's successful? I've seen it. The second a person gets successful, whether it's jealousy, whether it's cynicism, which comes out of jealousy, people start making stories up. How many stories have you heard about people that later on you researched and they were not even based on a reality? I don't believe anymore in that statement that says if there's smoke, there's fire. There's no smoke and there's no fire. 
There's just jealousy. People make up stories about various people in positions of leadership because somehow they're trying to convince themselves that person's as human as me, even, and they're not worthy of it. And your kid's sitting there and saying, oh gosh, when I'm not older, I definitely don't want to go there. <laughs> How many people in my community have told me, Rabbi, I always tell my kids, I let them never become a rabbi when they're older. Because rabbis go, so, so, the, the rabbis have a very difficult time with their communities. And I'm like, yeah, but if you weren't so difficult, then rabbis wouldn't have such a difficult time with communities. So you're telling your kid, I'm not saying everyone has to be a rabbi, I'm not saying rabbis for everybody, but you're telling your kid not to even dream of having a positive influence and taking on a spiritual clergy leadership because it's not worth it. That means the cynicism is so deep rooted in the child from a young age. Don't be involved in community. How many people tell their kids, don't ever get involved in community businesses? Don't get involved in committees. Don't get involved in leadership. Don't get involved in organizations. Live in your little corner and make your money and support your family. Really? So then who will go into leadership? The idiots? The people who don't care what people think? The valueless people? The people who laugh at the the public opinion? Democracies and communities fall down when we become too cynical, when we believe that there's nobody good, when we don't realize that getting involved in community life is something honorable and dignified. Just think about in the, the community 50 years ago. The dignified people in communities were the people who were the, the, the committee of their shul. They worked in organizations. They were volunteers. They donated to the Women's Foundation and that foundation and that foundation. They were involved in community life. Fifty years ago, if you considered yourself a real person, a real man, a real woman, you would get involved in communal life. Today, more and more people say, "Eh, real people, you stay away from this stuff, man. So then who's going to influence people? Ultimately, without organizations, without communities, you don't have a society. So just being cynical about it, without a government, you don't have a society. The ethics of our fathers says that you should respect the government, because if not for the government, people would swallow one another alive. So being cynical, DJ, sorry. No, DJ is not cynical. I'm just making believe as if he, in theory, is cynical. It's not going to take us anywhere. But believing that through conversation and through encouraging good people to get involved in community life, we can rebuild society, that's the answer. If we believe that the leadership is messed up and we have something to offer, get up and stand. It's not about standing on the side of the arena and just screaming or or staying quiet. Get in the arena. I've only, you know, taken on a a leadership role, a a small leadership role, a few years ago. I promise you, it changed my whole perspective. Why? Because as long as I was outside, I had opinions about everything. I knew exactly what everybody should do. The problem is I never tested myself once. I never was in the pressure of making a decision. All I was standing over there saying, make that decision, make that decision, do that, do that. But I never had to make a decision. I never had to have a sleepless night based on how it's going to affect somebody. Slowly but surely, when you take on even a, a small leadership, forget about in community, even your own family. It's very easy to be critical of your parents when you're growing up and say, eh, spend more time with your kids, eh, do this, do that. Be more calm. Stop shrieking at your kids. Be normal. Then you have your own kids and you come home after a long day 
And you're in the arena because you're already struggling and you realize, mm, not so simple. DJ saying we need some music now. DJ, the next piece of music is from the Maccabees. It's called Raise Your Glass, a Purim song by the Maccabees here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. DJ and I just got into a whole tangent and a whole conversation. And we're talking about, again, can we make a difference? So I want to start and start continuing halfway through the show already. DJ, what are you doing to me? Seriously, I'm halfway through the show. Um, we're about to read the Perm story. And the Perm story, which we're going to read next Wednesday night, Thursday, that's a week from tomorrow night, the Megillah. We are going to read about a girl, Esther, who never had big dreams for herself, at least not in the text. And she somehow ends up as the wife of the king, the queen. And at some stage, her nation is put under threat. And her cousin Mordechai reaches out to her and says, Esther, go and approach the king and save your nation. And she says, she's not so sure. And he, this, the, the, the words that Mordechai used to her are spoken about a lot. I've heard many interesting you know, discussions about it. And they're very profound, but I just want to focus on one detail. Where, our, where Mordechai says, Who knows? If it's only for this moment, he got la malchus, that you came to the kingdom. In other words, maybe the whole reason why God took you, a Jewish girl, and married you to a king who's not part of your faith, doesn't share your values, and it's totally not who you wanted to marry, maybe the whole reason was for now, this moment, to save you. But that question that Mordechai asked Esther is a question we each and every one of us have to ask ourselves every moment of every day. Before we were born, what were we? We were souls. But we weren't tangible. We weren't physical. Why did God put, them, put us into the kingdom of earth? Why did God take a soul and give it a body and send it into a world which is complex and difficult and not ideal? Your soul often feels like Esther felt in the palace. I don't belong here. When I was in heaven, I was basking in holiness. For thousands of years, I was pure. I never felt the feeling of jealousy. I never felt lust. I never felt temptation. I never felt greed. I never felt anger. And now I come into a world and suddenly the soul has a body. And the body is physical, materialistic, primitive, animalistic. And the soul says, what did I sign up for? And Mordechai, who's the leader of the Jewish people, representing the word of God, the Moshe of his generation, the Moses of his generation, comes and tells the soul, my dear, beloved, beautiful soul, you were put into this world to make a difference, to achieve greatness. 
And who knows, maybe it's for this one moment that you were put into this position. In other words, every moment of our day, our soul is being called upon to achieve greatness with our body. That we overcome our temptation. That we overcome our natural jealousy. That we overcome our greed. That we overcome racism and xenophobia and hatred. And tribalism. And that we push ourselves to do what we are set to do. So DJ, why did I go on this point? Because if a person was meant for greatness, if God took us and put us in this world, every moment that we don't play greatness, we're undermining our purpose. You know, often we sit there saying, imagine two people. One person is a garbage collector who dreams of being a CEO. But they have no education and they have no skills. And then you have a CEO who says, "Eh, I'm having too much influence, too much impact. I want to become a garbage collector. Which of the two do you think is more admirable? The CEO wants to become a garbage collector. But the truth is they're both wrong. Because the world needs garbage collectors and needs CEOs. If you don't have the skills to be one, then be happy with your lot. But if you were meant to lead, and you don't, you're undermining your purpose. You might sound humble. Uh, You know, I'm no longer, I don't want to make a big difference. I'm going to go lock myself up in the shade. I was having a conversation with someone earlier. If you have the potential of being successful in any area of life, in any sphere of life, education, finances, family, community, if you have the potential to make a difference, if God gifted you, it's not to your credit, but if God gifted you with talents and gifts, and you don't use it, it's as wrong as somebody who thinks they can and they really can't. Thinking you can't while you can is as bad as thinking that you can while you cannot. Because both of them are not being true to their purpose. God puts us in the world and he gives each and every one of us a box, which is our strengths and weaknesses and personality and background. And we have to stay true to that. And if we don't rise to the occasion and take up positions, if we can, if we don't stretch ourselves to be the best we can be in every area of our life, we are being, we're undermining our moment. How many moments do we have in this world? God puts us here for a few years. And the one question that God continuously asks us, who knows if it's for this moment that I put you into this world? For this split second. For this moment that you're going to decide not to get hurt. For this moment that you're going to decide to forgive. For this moment that you're going to decide to be generous. For this moment that you're going to decide to be optimistic. For this moment that will drop a drop of our cynicism. Every moment is the call to our soul. We are asked to rise to the occasion. It's so much easier to be meek. DJ, it's easy to be meek. I'll say something. In a way, it's easier to go make a salary. 
You don't have to be the CEO. As much as people are jealous of CEOs, a lot of them, if you put them in a spot, they would step down the next day. Why? Unless they're corrupt. But if they want to be an ethical CEO, they would realize being a leader is tough. So it's much easier. I want a salary. I want peace of mind. I don't want to be too successful. I just want to do okay. I don't want to be exceptional in anything. I don't want to be an exceptional academic. I don't want to publish papers. I don't want to give speeches because I'm afraid to fail. Most of us are not guilty of too much success. We're guilty of too little. Most of us are not guilty of overestimating ourselves. We're guilty of underestimating ourselves. Yeah, Zuma overestimated himself. But most of us underestimate ourselves. We forget that God put us into the world for a reason. Not to be mediocre. Maybe our success is mediocre compared to somebody else, but we have to be our ultimate. We c- if we can be better parents, let's try harder. If we can be better spouses, let's try harder. If we can be more generous, give more. Stretch ourselves. That's what the Purim story calls on everybody. Stretch yourself. You can do so much more. You don't have to spend your whole day going on YouTube and past, posting na- nasty comments or, or just being cynical. We don't have to be at the sidelines of influence just being negative. We can get involved. We can make a difference. Just like Esther did. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. We're in the studio. Oh, I totally forgot. 34519 is our studio SMS. You can WhatsApp at 0618951019. DJ, you have to remind me to do that. Okay, fine. Thank you. Otherwise, I just slips my mind. I get so carried away arguing with you. So the previous segment, we focused on one part of the perm story. Let's zip to the end of the part of the Purim story. The end end of the Purim story is that Mordechai, after the Jewish people are saved and the wicked Haman is hanging from a gallows, Mordechai is appointed to Mishnah Lamelech. He's now the vice prime minister, the deputy president of the Persian Empire two and a half thousand years ago in what today is the Iraq-Iran area. Cool. And the words in the last v- verse, Ratsui Leroy Vechov, Mordechai was now popular by most people. Not by all people. Why, DJ? Because as long as he was a nice leader, but he didn't get involved in politics, he didn't stretch himself to get into that space, everyone likes you. But the second, you have to go into a position of leadership and you have to make decisions because that's the definition of being a leader. A leader is somebody who is decisive. Moves from decision to decision to decision. A person who's not a leader is just a person who cannot make a decision, so therefore they're stuck at decision one, so they were never able to move to decision two, and therefore the, ten years later they're still trying to figure out which sandwich to make themselves for lunch. But suddenly Mordechai has to make decisions. 
and now he's popular by most. But do you think that Mordechai stepped down of the position because of that? He stayed on. Because leadership demands that we get involved even if we'll unfortunately have to disappoint. Even if at times we're not perfect. If only perfect people went into leadership, you know what would happen, DJ? We would all die because only people who think they're perfect would take on and they would kill us all. Then who's perfect, man? I'm not saying the imperfect, the most imperfect people should go in, but the point is that we all have to go on the journey together. We all have to get involved. And I'm not only talking about the political sphere, I'm talking about in general in life. How many people say, eh, I can't be a parent? I can't be a husband. I'm not made up of that stuff. Now, some people really can't. There are some people who unfortunately just cannot be parents. There are some people who cannot be in a relationship. But there's a lot of people who think that they cannot and they can. But it's much easier to never have to walk out of your comfort zone, never be criticized. Think about it. I remember before I got married, somebody told me, he says, marriage is two people working out issues that had they never married would have never been created. DJ, you're still trying to process that. Marriage is two people working out issues that had they never married would have never been created. Okay, so what's the easy thing? There's no relationships, then I will never have issues. Yeah, but you won't have a relationship. Never have kids. I'm never going to be disappointed. Yeah, but you won't have kids. Never take leadership, so you won't be criticized. But you won't make a difference. Never be vulnerable, because you might be pushed down. But you'll lose out at the beauty of life, of being vulnerable and building, you know, meaningful and trusting relationships. Never speak, because they might disagree with what you say. But you'll never have a chance to say what you need to say in this world. It's too easy to cower away. It's too easy to be shy. I'm sorry. I know shyness is is often seen as a virtue. I'm not talking about humility. Humility is a virtue. But shyness as in the inability to talk in front of people, the inability to say our piece of view, that's not a virtue. That's a weakness. That comes from low self-esteem. What are you so insecure about? I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's definitely not a good thing. Why are you so shy? You don't think you have value to say? You don't think your life experience is something to share? You don't think you're good enough to have a voice at the table? Why? Why are you so self-conscious? They always say that people, the biggest fear in the world is public speaking. That means that people prefer to be in the casket rather than the one giving the eulogy. Because if people are afraid of speaking more than death, they prefer to have the eulogy said about them than give the eulogy. But that's crazy. Everyone has something to say. Some might be better speakers than others, but everyone has something to say. Walking around intimidated, insecure, self-conscious is another version of ego. It's what will people think of me? 
So therefore, I'll never step out of my discomfort, uh, my, uh, into the discomfort. I'll never step out of my comfort. Who are you doing a favor? You think you're, you're doing God a favor by not lending your voice to the world's conversation? Do you think you're not lending, you're doing your husband a favor, your wife a favor by not saying your piece? Come on! As long as it's dignified and respectful and good, we have to all be part of that conversation. And we all have to rise and push ourselves to lead more. The world does not have an abundance of leaders today, Mr. DJ. It has a shortage. Why? Because good people are staying away. Why are good people staying away? Because they're told that losers lead. But good people stay in the corner. What a pathetic version of leadership. What a pathetic explanation for what it means to take responsibility. So the good people shouldn't have kids? I remember, you know, when we had a fourth kid, somebody turns to me and says, Oh, overpopulation, man. Overpopulation. Four kids, man. What are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, so who should have the, fa- the big families? The crazies? The terrorists? The people without values? So is that what you want? You want all the people with values to have one or two kids, while people who have values that are not necessarily healthy to the world are having the big families, and within three generations there's nothing left to our world. Really, that's the answer. So easy to say, ah, the world's going to the dogs. I don't want to bring kids into this world. One guy tells you, says, you know, after having two kids, I realized how bad the world is. I don't want to have any more. Excuse you. Let your kid decide that. (laughs) Why are you holding back the potential? To not do is too easy. To sit on the side is too easy. To not make a difference is too easy. But that's not what the soul was put into this world for. And we are undermining the faith that God has in us. You're listening to 101.9. Chai FM, this is Rabbi Levi Afton. Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul here on the Farbringen at Soul to Soul. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul, and we are wrapping up the show. DJ, I hope I convinced you something. Maybe you'll even vote in the next election. No. Maybe. Absolutely. Um, maybe you'll actually believe that your voice is something to offer the world. Maybe you'll believe that politics is not an exception of life, but it's very much the opinion of the people of where they want their world to go. Maybe you'll believe, you'll believe that you are as worthy to have an opinion of where a society should go as anybody else. Maybe you'll believe that God didn't put you in this world just to sit at the sidelines and offer commentary, but to actually get involved. No. Well, give me a a while. As long as you stay here in another seat, I have have, have some time till the 2019 elections to get you, um, to work on you. But I'm not really talking to DJ. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to all of us. And I'm saying, let's, let's believe that we are here for more. Let's not overestimate ourselves but definitely let's not underestimate ourselves let's have the courage to believe that we were put in this world for greatness and who knows if for this moment you 
were put into this world. Tomorrow night is the yard site and the birthday of the great Jewish leader, Moses. The day he was born, and 120 days, 20 years later, he passed away on the same day. And just try to imagine the image of Moshe standing at the burning bush for a week, debating with God if leadership is for him or not. And God says, go, leich, go. And he says, no, maybe send my brother Aaron, maybe somebody else, maybe not me. And eventually God says, that is your purpose. Your whole life, the way that you were saved on the Nile, the way that you were raised in the king's palace, your experience at the well, everything you went through is here for this moment, your shepherd, etc. This is you. Stand up and take the position. Everything that we went through in life was for this moment for us to believe that we can be better leaders. And again, when I'm talking about leaders, I'm not talking about necessarily leaders of societies or communities. But be a leader in your own home. Be a leader amongst your friends. Be a rock. Be solid. Believe that we can do so much more. Believe that God gave us a voice. And as long as we stay true to the voice we stay to the truth within us and we don't sit there corrupting it and we become a funnel through which we can bring the world our special message through our unique set of talents. We can make a difference. So many of us are walking around with the curse of the 21st century and that is disbelief in ourselves. Believing that we are not worthy of being part of the conversation and we become cynical. Don't be cynical, DJ. Do much more. Whatever dreams you had till now, grow them exponentially. As long as you're doing it for the good, and I know you will. Grow your dreams exponentially. Because if you were put in this world by an infinite God, then He gifted you with the touch of infinity. And until affinity, we have a long way to go. Wishing you a wonderful week, a wonderful Shabbos. Please, God, we'll be back next Tuesday, just before the beginning of the Purim holiday. DJ, thank you. Thank you, Chai FM, and have a great week.